The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Serve Hour. Insightful, provocative, opinion-shaping conversations that matter. Your host is Jim Blackburn. During this broadcast, you'll hear from guests who are taking uniquely different approaches to life and their work environment, and you are invited to take part in the conversation. Now, here is Jim Blackburn. It's that time. Welcome to the Serve Hour and Conversations That Matter. Wherever you are and however you may be listening, thank you for making us part of your day. Our conversation topic for today is the unspoken truth about transformational change. Why should this topic be of importance to you? If you are in management, hoping to someday be in management, or in a role where you are overseeing the development of other people, i.e. as a parent, and you don't understand the dark side of change and what's going on inside people that are actively changing, you will most likely relate to them in ways that sabotages the change you could be facilitating. As a result, you may be limiting your potential career opportunities, your own personal growth, and possibly the growth of the most important relationships in your life. I'm Jim Blackburn, your host for today's conversation, and my special guest today is Susan Nastasi, a regional director for an international financial services organization, and as you will soon discover, so much more as a person than her title indicates. Hello, Susan, and welcome. Thank you, Jim. Good morning. Good morning, and it's so, so good to have you with us today. It's Um, great to be here. Well, speaking of that, we, we, I want to say to the listeners that we are interested in them, the listener, participating in our conversation today. So if you are listening to this broadcast live, you can call us at 866-472-5790, and you will be able to meet Brad, who will direct your call to us. Or you can email me at jblackburn, that's one word, at serve, and it's spelled S-U-R-V-E, partners.com. If you're listening to our podcast, please feel free to email me at jblackburn at servepartners.com, and I will be happy to respond. Well, Susan, again, welcome and thank you for taking time to be with us today. I know firsthand that you've been involved in some significant change of late. Please share with our listeners what was going on in your life that caused you to think that something needed to change. Well, thanks, Jim. I appreciate that, and I'll be happy to do that. Before I do, I think it would really help our listeners if you take a few minutes to explain SERVE. Oh, sure. I'll be happy to do that. 
Uh, serve. Uh, if you'll note, it's spelled with a U, which causes some confusion. But if you look the word up, you won't find a definition for it. I actually created the word some years ago when I was reading the um, Age of Paradox, uh, an excellent book by Charles Handy, and he was talking about the theory of the sigmoid curve. And I wish I could draw it for you, but I can't, obviously. So if you would picture or draw a capital S and put it on its side, the sigmoid curve concept begins in the upper left point of that S, where Handy said this is where life begins. And all life falls and has a, is a, going through a period of dependency before it bottoms out and then it rises, peaks, and falls. And he was speaking in terms of the life of a business or the professional life that a person has. And he was saying, if this, in fact, is true, how do you create sustainable life for your business or for you personally? And, of course, the answer is that you create, start a second curve. And when most people are asked, where do you do that, they say at the peak. And, unfortunately, that's not possible because you don't know you're at the peak until you're on your way down. So... Then if you start it when you're on your way down, that's problematic because you've lost resources, confidence, and leadership, and there's a sense of lost direction. So you've got to start it on the way up. Now think about this and try to picture this. Business is going well. Your career is going well, yet you're beginning a new lifeline. And in the beginning, there's a period of decline in dependency. And if you picture that curve going down and then beginning to climb, you'll see it crossing the original curve as it's starting down. Now that underline there we refer to as the underbelly of change. It's the ugly part of change. And if you can recall in your own careers when business was going well and someone was implementing a change, the resistance that you could expect. So I based my professional life on that curve and created my consulting practice, Serve Partners. And I was going to call it the sigmoid curve, leadership development program, when a friend of mine said, Jim, don't do that. That sounds too much like a colonoscopy. And I responded with, well, actually, sometimes change feels like that. But after some thought, Susan, I decided what I would do is take the C off of curve, throw it away, take the S off of sigmoid, and put it on the word curve without the C. I looked it up, and it didn't exist, and I said, this is our practice. Serve, which stands for transition. Does that help a little bit? Absolutely. And when I think about that, you, you've shared that curve with me before, and I think about um, the transformation that, that I've personally gone through, both professionally and personally. And I do often visualize, you know, 
where am I in that? And you're right. If you start to to decline and go down, it takes a whole lot more uh, focus, energy to get to get it going back up again. So the idea that you've just described is is when things are going well and you feel like you're making an impact and creating something new or whatever that is, is to, you know, identify that and then figure out how can you become more, create more, and, and be more of a positive impact, you know, to, to people and others. You're right, Susan. And as I, as I think about your resume as I've seen it and what I've heard about you as a professional um, the success that you've experienced both in sales and in, in sales management and so on. What, what was going on that prompted you to start taking a look at uh, your profession, your professional life and so on that would cause you to start thinking about making certain changes? Well, you know, I've, I've thought a lot about that. And, and, and not to sound, you know, so simple, but it really came about by someone – um, that joined our organization that asked me a very simple question. And that question, well, it was a statement and then it was a question. And it was, you know, you sound really frustrated. What are you so frustrated about? And, and to be honest, Jim, that was really the beginning of me stepping back and really deciding how can I answer that question for myself and because in answering that question for myself, it's not going to just impact me, but it's going to impact everyone around me. And so that really started the, the process that I've gone through over the last, you know, eight months of really figuring out, um, you know, that question. And then, and then the other one would have been, um, quite frankly, the question that you asked me, and that was, you know, why are you on the go? And, again, you know, to take a step back and figure out those two questions have really helped me um, evolve to where I am today and, and how I'm, um, you know, living out my, you know, days and, and my life going forward. Well, were you frustrated when that person pointed that out to you? Um, yeah, I actually really was frustrated at that time, and I look back on that, and, um, you know, it was, um, I- instead of, of, you know, showing up and just being um, who, who I was, I was allowing external factors around me, you know, really decide and dictate how I was being. And so, um, you know, Again, it was just all about taking a step back, and um, you know, one of the things that that you've also said to me that's really, really resonated with me is that um, you know I am as I be, not as the world is around me. So it's it's really a lot of honestly contemplative um, thought and 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 prayer about that to show up differently. Well. Let's go back and visit that a little bit, if if we can. The sure. how was that? A, how was that impacting the people around you? Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm interpreting your frustration being that you were upset or angry with how things were going. Yeah. So, 
I think it was, um, you know, to be very transparent, I think I was probably um, not the most fun person to be around. And, you know, when you're in a work environment and you're, um, you know, you've, you're trying to achieve certain goals and, and you have to work with others, um, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult to be around people that are, are frustrated and have lack of direction. Um, and so uh, some of it, too, came from, you know, I've, I've come from a very um, self-imposed com- competitive background. Um, I've competed all my life, and it started with sports when I was, you know, a young person. And so, um, you know, competing's great, and I think there's a time and a place to compete, but it can't be in every single aspect of your life. And I think the fact that, I've ch- that I chose you know, this sales route, um, I've been in, you know, let's call it sales my whole life. And so there, there's an element of, I guess, competition with sales. But I think the focus, if, you know, for me, focusing more on um, being a contributor rather than a competitor has really helped me in working with others and for the greater good of what is be, you know, what's being accomplished. Well, your industry, if, if if I'm if I'm correct, and correct me for sure if I'm I'm incorrect, is based on competing with others. It's based on winning the sale. It's based on um, uh, you know landing the business. Um, those are all competitive statements. So, what what about that was frustrating for you? Well, I think I was frustrated because it was in my mind, all about winning. And while winning is, you know, winning is a great thing, um, I do think, you know, my shift has been the making the contribution is winning. So it's, it really, you know, if you, can, if you can think about getting people to, um, to, do, to act on their, you know, on their best intent and you're contributing to that, well, then, in fact, aren't you winning? And so, for me, it's, it's more about, you know, the, you know, how can I create something for someone else to set them up to win? So the win comes from watching someone else now um, succeed or get a greater understanding around the business than it is, if I'm actually winning. And so it's almost like winning through others rather than being the winner. If that, I don't know if that makes sense. But. It makes perfect sense. And what you're causing me to think about right now, and, and again, I, I want you to help me clarify it, is that you're more aware of the different types of success in today's society. Um, one, being uh, immediate gratification, winning, pleasure, being number one, being at the top. Uh, a lot of sales organizations drive that kind of thinking, um, and it works for a while. And the other type of success that I think you're tapping into here, instead of immediate gratification, you're talking about delayed gratification. Instead of comfort and pleasure, I hear you talking about growth, 
And instead of consumption or, you know, I want to make a lot of money, you're talking about contribution, uh, contributing in ways that the money becomes a byproduct. Is that a fair um, that, that's summary? A, that's a great summary, yeah. Well, and the other, go ahead. No, and you know when you when you talk about delayed gratification, I mean it really takes me back to, um, you know what I do believe that I learned early on in life, and I took a a college course um, from a gentleman that was an outstanding professor, and it, it was called The Road Less Traveled, and you know that whole book was about delayed gratification and. Um, and I think that in life, you know, and even in, in, in the business world, you have to have some, you know, some sense of these short-term wins, but then there's also has to be the sense of delayed gratification that you're working for something, you know, grander than just yourself. And so when you have that sense of a grander purpose and you see people coming along, um, I, I don't know, you find, I find personally more satisfaction in that now than, let's call it a personal win. And what, what you're helping me with right now, and I really appreciate your candor, Susan, is one of the unspoken truths about transformational change is being described right now with what you're sharing with us. People don't change when they are told what to do or they're learning what other people already know. What you've just shared is that you are changing or you're going through change because you're changing how you see things, what your belief system is, i.e. regarding, let's say, the business you're in. Instead of competing and comparing, you're talking about contributing. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does, And, and I think you're exactly right. You know, it's... It's, it's a shift in, in what you focus on, and so it's more about um, building relationships with people on, you know, what they're, what really having an understanding of what people's beliefs are, what do they value, and really, you know, how are they behaving. And, you know, the beauty of all this is, is that somebody showed up in my life at a time that understood that and, you know, looked at the situation and said, okay, what is this person's belief system? What what do they value? Took the time to find out that and then observed, you know, the behavior. And so I think that when the focus is on that, you can really help impact people's growth. Now, Keep in mind that all that said, Jim, you know, it's going to require change. And, and then when you have change, there's a tremendous amount of, you know, loss and grief. So I will be the first one to say that none of this was easy. You know, it was, was, it was probably some of the most difficult personal work that I've done. However, um, you know, it's this the idea of being able to grow and have, have people show up in your lives, you know, and, and really get you to think differently about what your 
beliefs are and your, you know, your values and how you're behaving, that really is honestly the true blessing. And so, okay. um, well, yeah. Well, hang, hang on to that because uh, what we are is up against a break right now. And I want to come back with uh, some of that. And also I want to talk about something else here in a minute. But let's take a break. Um, this is the serve hour, and you are in conversation with host Jim Blackburn, that's me, and our special guest Susan Nastasi discussing the unspoken truth about transformational change on the Voice America Business Channel. And Susan just shared with you another unspoken truth. All change causes loss. When we come back, Susan and I will be discussing something about change that pertains to each of us that few people talk about and even fewer people know about. And if you aren't aware of this about yourself, you are limiting your personal growth and potential career opportunities. So we will be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for informational purposes only. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is the Serve Hour. We know you have something to say, so take part in our conversation today. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to jblackburn at servepartners.com. Now, back to the program. Well, welcome back to our conversation about the unspoken truth about transformational change. Again, I'm Jim Blackburn, your host, and I'm in conversation with Susan Nastasi, a regional director for an international 
Financial Services Company. Welcome back, Susan. Thank you, Jim. Uh, before we took our break, uh, Susan, you were sharing, and if you could kind of go back to that a little bit about beliefs, and you were sharing pain. You were saying, in my words, that all change causes loss, and the changes that are driving or, or what's driving the changes are the beliefs that a person holds. Could you say a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, thank you. And and I and I think what what you just said is so true. And 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 all change truly does cause loss. And you know when I think about um, the change that I've gone through, and you know really thinking about what are my belief systems and. What do I value? The, the truth is that changes, too, over time. So some of the beliefs that I had years ago, I don't have anymore. Um, but also when I think about this whole, um, you know, change-causing loss, it's also, you know, what, what's happening today is sometimes feels, feels less familiar than how I was handling situations and interactions with um, people in the workplace and in my personal life, quite frankly, as before. So, you know, it's, it's also a kind of a um, trying not to go back to what was familiar and, you know, prior to making the change and really staying and being where I am today. And, and I will tell you that just, you know, as a as of, of yesterday, I, a situation happened, and I felt myself going back to um, a familiar place, and it was really almost a fight not to do that. You know, but uh, some of that do also is because I'm noticing more, and I'm more aware of you know what's going on and around me, and so it's 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 really helpful to say you know how you felt about something before and, and, and how you handled something doesn't mean that you have to handle it the same way today. So is that well, helpful in oh, clarifying yeah, yeah. that? And actually you've shared another unspoken truth um, and the, the, the whole idea of people resisting change is false. People don't resist change. You just touched on it. People resist losing what they know. They resist losing the familiar. And what we try to help people with when they say, well, I don't know, why, why should I change or what should I, what should I be doing differently? Our response is always, what you're doing now is fine as long as it works. See, what you were doing historically, Susan, probably was pretty good, but the world around you was changing such that you started getting frustrated. So what you were doing or how you were relating to it wasn't working for you any longer. Changing from that, if you go back to the sigmoid curve again, is so what is so difficult. Now, I also mentioned before we took our break that we would be discussing something about change that pertains to each of us. That means me, that means Susan, that means you, Brad, that means all the listeners out there. And if you're not aware of it or haven't noticed it about yourself, you are unknowingly contributing to your own struggles. 
as well as limiting your potential future opportunities and personal growth. We refer to this as your blind spots. Now, I've had many people say to me, I know what my blind spots are. And think about that for a minute. Blind spots. You know what the blind spot is when you're driving your car? Well, as human beings, we all have these also. And we define blind spots as certain beliefs and or behaviors that are contributing to struggle that you say you want to eliminate. Now, there's a not-so-famous psychologist, R.D. Lang, that said this many years ago, and I want you to really take this in. The range of what you think and do is limited by what you fail to notice. Think about that. The range of what you think and do is limited by what you fail to notice. And because you fail to notice that you fail to notice, there is little you can do to change until you notice that failing to notice limits all that you think and do. Now, Susan, what does that mean to you? So, Jim, I had to probably read that about 15 times to really get it because it's a lot. But That's why I ask you the question. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but what that means to me is that, you know, some of this is about self-awareness. Um, and for me, it's about slowing down and taking notice of, you know, where you are, what you're doing. Um, and, and if you don't take that time to, you know, like you said, if you don't take the time to notice and you, you don't even realize what's going on, it's difficult for you to even make a change. So when, when I hear you say that blind spot, you know, oftentimes the, the blind spot's there and you don't notice it and someone else perhaps may have to bring it to your attention well, because you I, don't see it. Absolutely. I'll give you a, a personal example for me. For most of my career, I had a very low level of awareness of how I was viewed by others. Now, if you, if you really want the truth of how you're viewed and feel to other people, ask one of your children. And I can recall asking my son when he was 12 years old, and this was 20-plus years ago. I still remember this. He looked me right in the eye. He said, you're no fun to be around. You're always in a hurry. You're always angry. And when I grow up, I don't want to be like you. I didn't have a clue. But as I think back, he was dead on. And, and the, the idea of the blind spots, and Susan touched on it, is they are there. We all have them. And what we need in our lives are people that care enough about us to help us see them. I've had those people in my life. Susan, I think you've had some of those people in your life. And if you would, Susan, are there any blind spots that you discovered along the way that you would care to share with some of the high achievers out there who are very similar, I believe, to you, very competitive, on the go, full of busyness, wanting to climb that corporate ladder or wanting to win that particular case, 
etc. Do you have any words of wisdom for them, or can you share anything about some of the things you discovered? So one of the things that I that I I think first discovered was that, and I've already kind of said this, is that winning isn't everything. Um, you know, the blind spot about you know finding out how other people perceive you, I think is critical. I don't think it's easy. It's probably some of the most difficult, perhaps, feedback that you're going to receive. But if you're open to it and you're willing and you're ready to grow, I think asking for that feedback of, you know, how, how does someone feel when they've had an interaction with you and how do you leave somebody feeling when you're gone? And so for me, um, having somebody, you know, say to me, you know, have you ever thought about when you have an interaction with somebody, how they feel when you part ways? And how are you, you know, coming across? And, you know, I, I'm, a, you know I'm known to be a very direct person. And, you know, when you described what your son described, I would probably say if I asked my kids, which I didn't ever ask them that pointed question, maybe some of that feedback I would have gotten from them as well. And so while it's not easy to hear and it's not easy to um, accept in the moment, um, I think that, you know, that feedback is so critical if you are going to grow and lead people. And, and so here's the other thing, though, that I would say about, you know, being in a, in a, in a corporate environment um, where there are, you know, opportunities for, um, I think, anybody to um, advance if they have a desire to do that. Um, I also don't think, though, that it is absolutely possible to be a leader in an organization without a title because you can always – um, show up and influence people in a manner in which they're not only are you growing, but they're growing. So I don't know if that's helpful, Jim, to answer the question that you asked me. But well, well, um, a couple of the, a couple of the things you're talking on. One is titles, and, and um, the difference between position power and influence power. And my experience is that people that don't know the difference are hard to work for and tend to struggle. People that do know the difference understand when position power is necessary and when influence power is necessary. We advise a lot of the people we work with that when you call a meeting, you need position power if you want people to come. President, CEO, head of the division, we're going to have a meeting on Friday. We expect everybody to be there. But when you enter the room, if you continue holding on to position power, the meeting will not be effective. If you enter the room and you're authentic and real, your influence power will carry the meeting. But the other thing I want you to touch on, which is at an epidemic level in corporate America today, is busyness. What have you learned about your busyness? Because when I met you, you were consumed with it. I was, and, you know... The, and that was, I think, the question that I was asked when, when we met, and you asked me the question, why are you on the go? And, you know, 
in in thinking about that and thinking about busyness is what I what I came to learn is that you know this whole idea of multitasking. I mean, yes, I understand we all, you know, everybody has busy lives and full lives and a lot they want to accomplish, as do I. Um, but, but what I came to was this whole idea that, you know, I can multitask things, but not people. And say that, for me, say that, Susan, say that again, because this is critically important for people to hear. That's a, that's a learning that I, I got from you. So when I think about multitasking things, you know, I mean, I can, you know, like be in my kitchen and get preparing my, um, my son's, you know, lunch and unloading the dish, dishwasher and folding the load of laundry, and I can do all that kind of simultaneously. Um, but when it comes to people, um, being fully present with people or a person really creates for me, an immeasurable amount of value in that other person and love towards that person. And so when you're, if you, if you, and I see multitasking of, of people all the time. I'm, you know, when you talk about what do you notice, um, because now I know, I've noticed it in myself and then I can know, and then now I'm noticing it in others. I see all the time people on their cell phones, having conversations with people, um, you know, or, um, just doing something else and half listening or half talking. And so one of the things that I've really, you know, been aware of and that I've noticed is when I'm with someone, another person, and Jim, you really taught me this, you know, you say I taught you, but you really taught me the importance of valuing the person that you're with. There's no reason to be doing something else if you're with that person because it shows a lack of value, and people want to be heard. Um, and so how do you hear others? You do that by asking, you know, questions and listening and really being fully present. What, what, so, um, what you're, let me just jump in for a second because sure. you're making an excellent point here. What you're really talking about is something that I see a lot, and that is disrespect. I hear people say that they value respect. Respect is a critically important core personal value they have. Yet the disrespect towards other by by multitasking with your with when you're with them is rampant. And one of the things that that you again are helping me with and I can see clearly is the importance of promoting the value and potential of another person. And we will be able to talk about that some more um, as we move forward. But, Susan, are there any other things that you notice? Because I've got a couple of things here I've noticed about me over the years that really um, emphasizes for me how we contribute to our own struggles. Can I, let me share one of them with you because I think this is of great value to people in management. Uh, when I was running my own business, I used to hold meetings, and I called them open forums, and everyone got to say what they thought. And I had a consultant ask me about the meetings, and I told him that. He said, well, let, let's do this. He said, let's, let me sit on, in on your meeting tomorrow, and I don't want you to run the meeting. And I said, oh, okay. 
so I had uh, another fellow run the meeting. I kind of sat off to the side, and the meeting was progressing, and pretty soon everybody was looking at me. And I said, what are you looking at me for? And they said, well, we want to know what you think. And I said, why? And the response was, we always do what you want. And what I wasn't aware of, my blind spot, was I was opening my meetings with, let's have a discussion about this. And before we begin, let me tell you what I think. And then my staff would stroke my ego with, oh, you're so smart, that's so good, et cetera, et cetera, um, that I thought we were having great meetings when, in fact, I was totally disabling my people. Now, that was a major blind spot for me as a manager. Susan, unfortunately, we're coming up to another break. Uh, Let's do this. Uh, Let's take this break. I'm going to remind everybody again, if they haven't heard it enough, this is the serve hour, and you are in conversation. I wish somebody would call us with host Jim Blackburn, that's me, and special guest Susan Nastasi discussing the unspoken truth about transformational change, and we're uncovering some of those truths now. And we're on Voice America Business Channel. Uh, When we come back, Susan and I will be sharing some interesting insights that we both have recently developed. You're on Voice America. Let's take a break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money. Until now, listen each week for Conversations with Money, featuring Franco Calajuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece, how to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. Great leaders today have certain capabilities that set them apart. These leaders have discovered transformational leadership. Now you can discover the same ideas, insights, and programs that have led them to success. Inside Transformational Leadership, hosted by Kate Ebner, is produced by Georgetown University's Institute for Transformational Leadership. We'll explore these stories and concepts every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more, not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. This is the Serve Hour. We know you have something to say. 
also take part in our conversation today. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to jblackburn at servepartners.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, we're back. And again, that number, uh, 866-472-5790. Um, if you want to call, we would be more than happy to visit with you, and you could ask either Susan or me um, some questions about what we've been talking about. Um, as we were wrapping up uh, the last session, uh, our segment of the broadcast, Susan, you were talking about some things around busyness, talking about valuing others. Um, what, what have you discovered about all that, and have you, in, in fact, become more influential as a result of, of some of the changes you're making? So I think the, the whole busyness thing has really, um, that's been a, a shift for me. And, you know, being busy, what I found, did not serve me well. And so if it wasn't serving me well, it's, it couldn't have been serving um, the people around me well. And so figuring out how to slow down, um, focus on, you know, people rather than things. And I think oftentimes when, you know, people want to get into management, they want to manage, um, you know, results and the measurements and how many sales are happening and you know, where are you to goal? And, and while, while all organizations talk about that, including the one that I'm, that I'm uh, associated with now, and that's all really important stuff, I'm, I'm all about, you know, achieving goals, exceeding goals, um, reaching, um, you know, not only personal um, goals and measurements, but those that are of, of the organization or the company that you might work with. I think if you more pay, just pay attention to those things and, and stay focused on people and their beliefs and their behaviors, that really eliminates some of this whole, you know, busyness and, and keeps, keeps me focused on what's most important. And what's most important are the relationships that you have with people and, um, you know, and, and, and in not multitasking, your day gets less busy. Therefore, it's less frustrating, and it's, it, I'm, I'm less upset or angry. And, and then some of it, too, Jim, is about just telling people no. You know, you, you can only do so much, and you're, and, and you're going to do the things that you find fulfillment in and that you feel like you're able to influence, and then those things that you're not – um, you know, you just don't own them. And well, so let, I, go ahead. Yeah, let, let, if I can, Susan, let me expect, expand a little on what you're saying there because it's important for our listeners to understand the difference between um, focusing on people and focusing on things. And, and the, the message that I would like to, to share with our listeners is, one, remember this, what you focus on grows and is where you spend your time. And what I find, and I'd like some of the listeners we have in management or the teachers out there or parents, when you're focusing on things and measurements and results 
and outcomes. You're not seeing people. And influencers see people. Influencers are capable of understanding what's not being said in meetings. Influencers are capable of seeing what's going on inside people and understanding that what's going on inside a person is more important than what's going on around them. The other lesson here is this. All our organizations are made up of people, and all people see same things differently. One of the things we we talk about is the world is as you are, not as it is. Everyone sees the same thing differently. If you're in a meeting with 16 people, there are 16 views of that meeting going on. Your influencers understand and know that. And focusing on people, beliefs, which lead to the behaviors in relationships, eliminates enormous amounts of corporate struggle. If we continually just focus on things and ignore the presence of people, we will continue to struggle. Does that make sense? And Susan, I think that's one of the major changes that you've experienced over the time I've known you. It really is. And it, 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 what you just said is so true, is, is what you focus on does grow. So if, what, whatever that might be, whether it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a feeling or a thing or a person, um, you know. And, and then the, the final thing that I will say, which really was also a, a, a shift for me, was um, the idea of, you know, when, when, I, when I'm working with, with people in, in a work environment or even outside, uh, um, you know, because, you know, all relationships are, some of them are, you know, some of them are personal, some of them are professional, and some of them are both, quite frankly, um, is, to, is to really, when, inter- when I interact with people, is thinking about really being interested in that other person um, rather than showing up interesting. You know, so it, it, the shift goes from me to them. It's, it's all about that other person and, and being present, you know, not doing the multitasking thing. And so I think when, when you're trying to influence people, you know, people want to be heard. And so you hear out people by being interested in what they have to say. And I will tell you that, I am really fortunate in the organization that I work with, you know, that we have people in leadership roles that, that you know, demonstrate that time and time again and are focused on, you know, people and, and while still having to pay, pay attention to, you know, the, the results and the outcomes and that sort of thing. You know, this, what you're saying is so important that I hope that if we have some salespeople out there listening to us, and or management people for that matter, the importance of having people leave an interaction with you feeling heard and valued can't be overemphasized. And when we work with salespeople and we ask them, how do you prepare for your sales meetings? It's all about them. They're making sure they have their stuff. They, they call it their fight book or their, their presentation or their marketing pack, et cetera, et cetera. And we say, well, wait a minute. What about the person you're going to go see? Why wouldn't you go and see if they are the type of person that can qualify to work with you 
In other words, do they have your same core values? So the ability to do that requires, quite frankly, some self-confidence and and a heavy dose of self-acceptance because a lot of the salespeople we work with are low on both and have a high need to prove that they belong, which is why they're so competitive. But, Susan, thank you for bringing that up. Do you, are there any other insights you want to share at this time? Um, well, like I said, I know I think for me, you know, some of the things that I've that I've already shared, and and, and it really is is a focus because, you know, the the competitive proving, um, you know, that leading with that, I have found not to be beneficial, um, especially if you want to influence people and and lead people. So it, you know, again, the, the, just again to, you know, for me, it's it's a it's a daily dose of reminder of you know contributing and creating, okay. you know, that sort of thing. Okay, Susan, we've got a caller, and and uh, why don't we stop here for a second and take the call? Hello, Felton, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I've got a question regarding, um, I guess, the blind spot uh, for either one of you. How did you choose the categories of people to inquire about your blind spot? Uh, and then what were the actual steps that you took in following up and addressing those blind spots? Great question, because that person that you select is um, a special type of person. Susan, do you want to take a run at this question, or do you want me to respond sure. to Felton? Sure, I can. I'll take a quick run at it, and you can, you know, add to that. And I, I think what Jim said is so true. I mean, the person that you that you, you know, asked to help identify those blind spots is is certainly somebody that um, needs to know. I think needs to know you well, and that there is a, a you know, a, there's there's trust, and there's um, uh, confi- uh, confident being a confidant with that person. And so it's it certainly choose that person carefully, and because and then and then how do you go about doing that? It's really asking for their their feedback on who they think that you are either are being or want to become. Jim, do you want to add anything more to that? Sure, um, Felton. This question is uh, really a, a critically important question to have an answer to. And as Susan is saying, this person that you select is a different type of person. You're in a relationship with them. We refer to it as a meaningful relationship where you are very accepting of each other. You care a great deal for each other. And the, you are trusting of the person that when they're giving you painful feedback and mm-hmm. blind spot feedback is painful. They are mm-hmm. giving it to you because they care. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a put down. It's not a competitive statement. It's not something that, um, you know, they're trying to one-up you. Uh, right. So that's critically important. Those people are very difficult to find. If you have mm-hmm. one or two, you are extremely fortunate. Now, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap up. Felton, I appreciate your call. I wish we could talk to you a little bit longer. Um, oh, yes. It's just a wonderful show. Thank you well, all both. Well, thank you for calling in. 
And Susan, as we're approaching the end of the broadcast, um, I want to quickly summarize for our listeners some takeaways from the conversation about the unspoken truths. Uh, one is that all change causes loss. Think about it. When your children get married, what kind of loss is that creating for you? When you graduate from college, what kind of loss is that creating for you? When you get that promotion, what kind of loss is that creating for you? You've got to understand that. And that change has two distinct parts. People only talk about one of them, and that's the transformation. Transformation is change in form, appearance, nature, or character. Transitions are movements, passage, or change from one position to another. All transitions begin with endings and end with beginnings. Let me do this. I want to put a plug in for our next guest. But before I do that, Susan, thank you for joining me. And I hope we can get you back for more conversation that matters. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Jim. It's been a pleasure and a privilege to be with you today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Our next broadcast will be next Wednesday, June 10th at the same time. Our special guest will be the Dynamic Athletic Director for the University of Texas Pan-American, Chris King. And our topic will be about a critically important responsibility of any leader that is too often overlooked. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. This has been the Serve Hour with Conversations That Matter. I hope to talk with you again next week. This is Jim Blackburn signing off. Thank you for listening to the Serve Hour's provocative conversation. Please rejoin your host, Jim Blackburn, during the Serve Hour, each Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. 